I'm gonna you good to roll? Mm-hmm. Here it is. Free your mind and everything will follow, won't you? Free your mind and everything will follow, won't you? My nigga just made bail. My nigga just made bail. Hey, what's up, everybody? So, I don't know. I didn't. I felt like doing a different intro today. And, uh, yeah, dude, that's kind of the theme of what's going on right now. Free your mind, homie, and everything will follow. Welcome back to another episode of Aliens on the Border. And hanging out with me today, we got Mr. Digital Jeff. Hey, I'm excited to be back. Thanks for bringing me on on Aliens on the Border. So another riveting episode. It's been a minute, dude, since we've had you back on. If you've been keeping up with Jeff on uh, social media, Facebook, Instagram, what, what have you, you might be seeing some uh, some clips of the travels. Oh, man, it's been crazy, crazy. I think um, if uh, I go back to probably the first episode that was with you, episode 10, mm-hmm. when was that? That was like in... February or March of this year, more or less, somewhere around there. Yeah, I know I mentioned briefly on, you know, believing or manifesting. Yeah. And I I, I wanted to say that I manifested, like, everything that has happened these last few months, you know, the last six months, eight months, whatever that was. But um, I kind of um, envisioned something slightly at a smaller scale than it has been. So it's, inter- it's inter- interesting to me because... Sometimes when you envision something, you set yourself up a little bit too short for what you're actually capable of doing. And uh, that's the way it's been for me, man. Like, you know, I mean, we'll get into it right now on these different um, things that's happened in my life these last couple of months. But um, you never know what you're capable of doing until you go out there and, you know, push yourself to the limits. And I've uh, done exactly that push myself into a new space man like feel i honestly feel like i've become a different person even in the last year i don't know i was setting myself up for that and if you go if you guys go back to episode 10 yeah i think it's episode 10 episode yeah. 10 and i listened to the border first interview with with uh josh here and i was like you know talking about all these things that happened throughout my my uh story towards led me up to that moment but like even like right there, I was setting myself up, and I and I continue doing that, setting myself up for a different uh, a level and a different uh, a bigger shoe size, you say. Yeah. Say, and um, it's it's also at the same time uh, challenging because you have to focus and uh, continue to pursue not not being ambitious or anything, but it's also like being just. Understanding there's a, there's an opportunity and it you you yourself have to show up at 110 percent every single day. Like you have to be that person that you were. Like I mean, it doesn't matter what you did yesterday. It doesn't matter what you, what you're doing do tomorrow. It's like what you're doing right now. You got to show up, man. You got to just show up and be be a leader, yeah. be be strong and, and focus, man. And there's been there's been a lot of times that I um I kind of want to like I don't want to say the word give up but yeah there's been there's been a lot of harsh times also man but um you know thankfully the we're close to the end of 2018 and i just feel i just feel blessed and and grateful for these opportunities out here feeling very blessed yeah man i i i've i fuck with that a lot like i'm you know i'm getting my feet wet with as far as trying to like really push to manifest that which 
I want to be reality. But now when we say that term though, manifest, I know some people are going to think like, what the fuck does that mean? Or like what type of context it's in? And mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty sure we share like a very similar meaning towards it. But when I say it, what I mean is that like you're putting your boots on the ground, like getting shit done mm-hmm. in the sense that you're working towards the goal that you ultimately have. Yeah. You know, right. Is that what you would call like trying to manifest it? Yeah. So, uh, I guess like if you want to put it into like steps or instructions, let's do it. Like I say, we had to write instructions to like manifesting. Well, how do you, how do you actually manifest? So the first step is you actually have to believe that you're going to be able to do whatever is it that you want to manifest. So I want to say, I want to manifest creating a podcast show to and have a million listeners. Well, the first step, you have to believe it, right? Second step is you actually figure out, okay, what do I have to do to learn how to make a, po- a podcast yeah. or a show or... or um, Whatever it is that what, you're trying to do. Yeah, or some of you guys might be like, um, this, is, this is something that maybe a lot more people can relate to. It's like, how do I date that amazing person that has all these qualities? Like, I want to date... Somebody that's into what I'm into, that likes my music, that is goal-oriented. I want to date somebody that um, loves, is, is spiritual, that loves going to maybe church. I don't know. I'm just... Yeah, whatever just, spirituality just, may yeah, be. Yeah, I'm, I'm coming up with different things, right? Uh, by the way, I haven't dated since I got married 17 years ago. But, <laughs> but I'm just assuming like a lot, a lot, a lot of, of people, people are in that, yeah. in that phase of like... I, I noticed relationships is a big topic on social media and stuff like that. So if you want to manifest that perfect... Person, first you gotta believe that that person that person exists out there, and second is like, what exactly is it that you want in that person, right? Yeah. And then slowly you're gonna be conscious about it, subconscious about it as well, and the right people are gonna show up in at uh, in times, and you're gonna be able to either execute when that when that opportunity presents itself. Um, but you got to be conscious about it, man. So there's been times where I'm like, oh shit, like it's happening. And uh, it's funny because, I mean, I don't know if you guys know this, but I work with this, uh, one of my partners, um, Gerard Adams, partner in the show and partner in other businesses we have together. But he always says this, like when I first met him, he's like, Jeff. And he's one of the first ones that told me about the word manifesting in the sense of that it's, it's not this magical word. Yeah. It's actually like real shit. Like it's yeah. real tangible manifestation of creating things. He would always tell me, Jeff, you're not going to believe this, man. But like you're going to see things manifesting right before our eyes. And then you're going to be like, holy shit. Like we actually manifested this moment and we're going to continue pushing through because we ha- we're going to execute right now on what we said we were going to execute when this opportunity came. It's so about it, to come up, yeah. It's about to come up, and it's happening in real time, man. And and you're at these meetings, or you're at these moments where you're like, "Oh shit!" Like we should we should pitch this to this person, or we should ask this person to come on our show, or we should ask this person to partner up with this business, or we should. And you're executing, you're ex, you're literally executing and and stepping up onto the stage, or stepping up to the to the to, to the bat. platform to yeah. bat, yeah, you know. And you're you're taking you know you're taking that swing that you you're supposed to take. So I think I think that's one of the problems that a lot of people have. Like they believe in it, but when it gets time to do the work, they say, "Oh man, like you know I don't feel good. Like yeah, things are not going right for me right yeah. now. I'm broke. I don't have any money in my account. Like, yeah, I um you We're, know there's a lot of there's, um there's a lot of little excuses that you can make. A lot of obstacles that you, you 
or people like I myself included, like try to put in our own on our own path. And the the truth is that you can overcome the obstacles, man. Mm-hmm. It's just very it's hard, dude. Like it's not easy. It's not easy at all. And I'm not here to preaching like, oh, you can do it. And like, it's easy. No, I, I'm just going back to what I mentioned earlier. And I briefly mentioned it in what I was originally when I uh, we started the shows. Like, um, there's been a lot of struggle, man, because doing what I do is not easy. Um, it sounds like if you see if you see my social medias, you see how like I'm traveling all over the place. I'm meeting different people, and I'm in different parts of the world, and like I'm hanging out with some of the elites of uh, you know, humans, man. Yeah, like, like you know, entrepreneurship and yeah, people that from, are from all aspects, yeah. from 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 spiritual leaders to you know the top entrepreneurs in the space. People yeah. actually, you know, changing changing the world. And you see me hanging out with these people, but the, on the flip side, what people don't see is that I'm missing out on my daughter's basketball game. You know? Yeah. Or that I am, dude. I'm getting emotional right now. But or that I'm, um, or that I'm in the middle of like a city with like uh and we'll go into details of these stories but like there's been times where i've been sleeping in one hotel and then the next night i'm um uh, sleeping in a different hotel and then the next night i'm sleeping in a different one and and throughout this time like it's difficult in the sense that psychologically you have to psych yourself out to say i cannot um access this part of my emotional person yeah such as for me like if i get emotional about me missing my family i'm not going to be able to, to execute on what i was what i was out there to do yeah you know what i mean so there's a sacrifice that's that's being made and that sacrifice is not going to be uh i'm going to make sure that sacrifice is um i'm taking full advantage of that opportunity because i already sacrificed you know that oppor- so that, much yeah. yeah so much so um yeah man it's tough in those sense and there's times that yeah i'm like dude like what is it all for? But going back to, um, there's little things that happen in, in or the little signs that you get from, you know, going back to the spiritual side, like from either God or there's, there's signs that, that happen and tell you to keep going. And these signs are, are everywhere. Right. And, uh, I'll share, I'll share one with you real quick. Um, yesterday, um, I got a message from a mother of one of my former students, and I used to, those those of you guys that don't know, I used to teach high school for for about four or five years, and I was a, a graphic design teacher. And a lot of my students were into design and stuff like that. And there was this one student that I had that was just amazing. That it was just a, I mean, he was a good soul, like you know, good kid, very uh, good intentions to what every project that he was working on, and I was just happy about creating, right? And this kid would always compliment my Jordans. I would wear these Jordans. And uh, one day I was like, you know what? I'm going to surprise this kid with a pair of Jordans. I had these Jordans that were like one of a kind, man. I think they were called the the Jordan uh, 1 Retro uh, Chocolate Velvet. I forgot the actual name, but they were like one of the the most exclusive Jordans at the moment that I had. And I I gifted these shoes to this kid just because I wanted to, like I wanted, I don't know, man. Like I didn't even know why I gave it to him, but I felt I felt good doing that. Yeah, it wasn't like Christmas. It wasn't his birthday. It's it was just, just like, out, like of the blue. out of the blue. I just brought the box to to school that day, and I was like, "Hey, man, I got something for you." And I pulled out the box out of my desk, gave him the pair of shoes, man. And his his reaction up to this day, bro, like, is one of the 
is one of those gifts that you get. I gave him the gift, but the gift was mine of seeing his reaction yeah. and his like. So anyways, long story short is ever since then, he got into this whole uh, sneaker movement. Since that, that, that was, that started his like initial introduction to sneakers and that, that uh, there's uh, some, there's some sneakers that are rare. Sneaker heads. The sneaker heads, like yeah. that, whole, that whole movement, like street scene. fashion and stuff like that. So he started trading shoes. He started like buying shoes cheap. Selling them expensive, like you know, you know, yeah, just fucking hustling, like a hustler, yeah, for sure. And this kid comes from like you know, same backgrounds that I come from, you know, where it's it's you know, it's just you know, you're you're humble beginnings, man. And um, during that school year, he ended up winning first place in uh, state of Texas for photography. He was like, he got the best of show. And state of Texas, man, it's competitive. Like it, you know, you're talking about one of the biggest states in, in the U.S. And like, there's a lot of re- there's a lot of schools with a lot of resources where yeah, these kids sure. have like the latest cameras and the latest equipment. And and this kid with very very uh, very humble uh, tools, he was able to be number one, right? And um, that also, I have that on video, by the way, and I'm gonna share it soon. But going back to the message that I got from his mom, going back to last night. I got a message from his mom on one of my Facebook posts, and she's like, I just want to thank you. You don't know how much you influenced Gabriel. And I am, now I said his name. I didn't want to say his name. Damn. Damn. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry, Gabriel. But anyway, so yeah, I'm, I'm actually proud of it, but uh, I didn't know he was cool about me sharing the story. So um, he's like, uh, I just want to share this because you influenced him since day one. Like he, you were the one that sparked that interest in him, and now he's gone on to be, made businesses based on this exchange of buying like shoes, reselling them. And then also he got into this other section, this other, um, that led him to like opening up into streetwear and buying like vintage clothing. And finally he opened up his own vintage shop. Um, so it's just amazing. And she wrote me like a lot, you know, like three or four different comments on my Facebook and it was like one of those signs that you see like what you're doing like what I'm doing right now even though I don't see like instant feedback or what I'm doing to my community I um I understand that um it takes a lot of sacrifice to be able to provide that opportunity as far as like what is that glimpse that you're giving people of what's possible and I think when people see me and I'm not saying this to like to give myself any credit, but this is, this is the way I'm seeing it right now, especially after seeing these messages and stuff like that. Like, if I'm somebody that had almost like 0% chance of making it into the eyes of the world. Yeah, for sure. You know, like... like just as far as like being statistics go. Statistics yeah. go like, you know, growing up, you know, growing up in, um, in poverty, you know... Um, getting married at a young age, having kids at a young age, not having an edu- a proper education, um, and having to have two or three, four jobs sometimes to be able to provide for my own family, right? To be able to see me risk it all and be able to, and I don't want to say that I'm successful right now, but at least I'm working towards my dream and being able yeah. to pro- I still provide for my family. And now I've created so many opportunities that will change not only my kids' life, but their kids and future generations. But at the same time, by me proving this and showing other people that I'm doing this, it gives them 
that opportunity to say, oh, shit, like if he did it with all those obstacles, what is my excuse? And that's what I think that I bring to the table to this community, specifically in South Texas. Like when people are not in the South Texas, but like the Hispanic community, like we're one of those. We actually like we give our well, you said it earlier, like we give ourselves the obstacles. We put ourselves obstacles and whether it's your parents that say, No, no, don't don't do that, mijito. Like Yeah. Like like no, like go to school and do Go to school, go to college. Yeah. By the way, I did graduate from college. Yeah. So it was all because of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I owe that to my mom. My mom was like my mom put it into my head that if I if I if I didn't if I didn't go to college and graduate from college, I wasn't I wasn't nobody. <laughs> so uh, like I'm gonna do I'm gonna do it for my mom and I ended up finding a way to graduate, which is almost impossible for me to do as well. Like, that was one of the hardest things for me to do because, you know, trying to provide for a family, running businesses, and um, going to school is not easy. But um, anyways, you know, it's just, that's kind of the way I see it right now. Like, all these sacrifices that I'm making, um, whether they pay off financially or not, they've already, they've already given, they've already opened up this flood the floodgates for sure for for people to believe in themselves and dude i'm so proud of that like that's the that's like if somebody tells me like what have you accomplished in life like that's it like i've 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 sparked i've and it goes back to my my uh, first tattoo that i got was just, says be the light and be the light means two things but one of those things that it means is that you are the one that goes into that darkness and takes that leap of faith and puts a light on what's possible and it shows it, it provides a light on a new path that's available for you um and a different opportunity for people man dude and i, I completely agree with that because like i mean 100 percent, completely honest like where we're currently at right now like in the studio and uh i mean like if it wasn't for you like i wouldn't be here in this specific studio like doing what we're doing right now right mm-hmm. and like Seeing, knowing you, I mean, you, my cousin, you lived like next door to me for fucking ever. Yeah. Like, I've seen the countless hours that you've put behind the camera, behind the computer, mm-hmm. like in the time that you were, you know, like barely grinding it out, even before you became a teacher, like, uh, like I saw the whole growth from there. Yeah. So like, it's insane. And, and I always like, sometimes I feel like shit, like it's not... Like, I don't know, like, I doubt myself sometimes, you know? And like, yeah. I'll reach out to you and I'll be like, dude, like, how the fuck do you do it? Like, how do you dig deep enough? And then, like, I'm just kind of making excuses there because, like, you had so much on your plate, but you were still able to overcome, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't have as much on my plate. Like, I can still do it. And it's just, it's like I mentioned, like, it's difficult. Like, it does, like, I guess because as humans, we want that immediate, like, gratification for what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what... I'm trying to do or like what a lot of people are trying to do, whether it be again, like whether it's something that is oriented towards uh, having a career in their lives or finishing school or even as simple as like, I want to go to the gym every day or like, I want to lose weight, like Mm -hmm. all those types of things. Like when you let that self doubt, like really creep into you and let it defeat you. And then it's like, you're, you're, you can achieve it. It's just, you really have to dig deep and, overcome yeah. man. It's, it's fucking crazy like yeah i mean damn yeah man. Like, well, first of all thanks for for sharing that i mean there's a um i take so much not only pride but like i have so much uh it it actually gives me like what i want to do in life bro it's so crazy it's, it's, it's i've already been doing it forever but like i don't I've, ha- I've never had the resources to help out other people like financially i've never been able to say here's like here's a thousand dollars like 
go buy yourself a laptop. I've never had that type of money. For sure. But I've always been that guy that will sit down next to you and um, and uh, show you how to use the software or show you like, hey man, you can make money like this or I'll be able, I'll be that guy that would like, and I take so much, it gives me so much happiness. So first of all, just I want to just uh, say, you know, thanks for sharing those words. Like I, I, uh, I love doing, just helping out people. Like that's for me, especially creators. If, I, if a creator comes to me that wants to do like a show or like wants to do a music video or wants to write a book, like I don't, I don't even see it as as I'm helping. It's like it's just fun. Like let's it's like yeah, it's like playing yeah, the pickup game, sure. you know. So, anyways, but the second part, like the whole the doubt and the fear, we all have it. Like everybody has fear. And in fact, I heard a quote recently. I think it was by Aubrey Marcus. Like um, the question to him was like, "What is it that um, do you?" Do you hide from not not hide from fear, but like is there something along the lines of fear? And what he said was like, I love fear because without fear there would be no courage. We need fear to be able to be able to be courageous. courageous yeah. yeah. And it's so true, man. And going back to like stepping up to the plate, what I was saying earlier, like that's what I that's what I mean. Like you have to be courageous some sometimes and like say like either talk to people the way you don't you're not comfortable talking to people. Yeah. Whether it's like getting rid of rid of uh people that are close to you or 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 actually going up to somebody and losing your pride to pitch to them an idea that you're probably gonna get turned down for. But just you sharing that idea and them turning them down like takes a lot of courage, right? Yeah, for sure. And uh but it creates it creates something, bro. I don't know what that is. And it's part of the whole instructions for manifesting. Like it creates something in the air. It creates something where... Whether it's like a weird energy or like a vibe, it's, yeah. it's there, man. And I agree. I agree 100% because like I, I'm i of the type where I'm I'm very relaxed in social settings as long as I'm in within like a group of people that I know. Mm-hmm. But take me out of that and put me in a situation where like I have to go up to someone and like either not just not pitch an idea, but like reach out to them. And like, for example, the, the best example I could think of with specifically like that applies to me is like, when I had uh, Nicholas Whipped on the podcast, mm-hmm. he was in town the night before performing, right? And like when he got off stage and everything, I was like, fuck, I need to get this guy on the podcast. And in my mind, I was fighting myself the whole time. Like, nah, like don't go to him and bother him right now. Like that's like he's doing his thing. Like yeah. whatever. Like again, just making up excuses, right? Like why not to go do it? Yeah. But at the end of the day, I was like, fuck. And I was just like, whatever. I'm going to go up and be like, yo, dude, what's up? So I went up to him and I was like, hey, what's up, Nick? It's me. Like, I've been reaching out to you about the podcast and everything. And he was like, oh, shit, dude, I'm fucking down to do it, whatever. And then the next day it happened. So, like, yeah. again, it was just, like, fear when it was actually, like... There was no reason to yeah, be... Yeah, no... Yeah. He's just a fucking regular person, but... And like, we're all regular... That's, that's the funny thing. That's We're all actually regular persons. <laughs> that's the joke. That's the yeah. part of the joke. Like, when you go up to a celebrity or somebody that you know, you perceive as like at a higher level than you. Yeah. It gets very intimidating, but they're regular people, bro. Like they actually, it's, it sounds so simple, but, um, and it's, I mean, it's not, it's not to say that it's, I don't get nervous when I, when I go up to somebody that I feel will probably say no to me. Yeah. I still get nervous, but I still do it. I still do it. Like, it's like, I lost my pride in that sense. Like I've lost, I've, I've lost the pride of like getting embarrassed by being rejected. By being re- I've yeah. lost that, but I've gained the pride of saying I'm going to fucking be I'm going to be that guy that does it does like whatever it takes. 
And there's a quote that I put it, put on my Instagram this morning. It says, uh, it's by Eric, Eric Thomas, the hip-hop preacher, which he just responded to me. So I'm excited about that. He's a homie. Um, but Eric Thomas says a quote, everybody wants to be a beast until it's time to do what a real beast uh, does. Right? Damn, yeah. Did I say that right? Yeah. So everybody wants to be a beast. But when it comes to being the beast and um, doing the work, yeah. ah, you know what? I'll stay in bed tonight. I don't want that six-pack anymore. Or you know what? Uh, I'll just sit in my chair. I won't go talk to that girl at the end of the bar. Yeah. Like, dude, like, if you're say if you want to be that person, you have to do what nobody else does. And I've take I've taken pride in that. These last, I'm not saying that did back in my early 20s. Well, I'm 30 now, 34. But back when I was younger in my 20s, that was my biggest setback. That I was too prideful and. I was too prideful in the sense that I would be embarrassed of, of like what that other person would say. And I got to a point where, you know what? I was like, man, I don't give a fuck. Like I literally, I literally become a savage when it comes to doing, doing that because now I take pride in being that person. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. So I, I think that's one form. That's actually part of the instructions for manifesting the manifestation, manifestation, bro. Like you have to be the one that takes pride in doing what nobody else does. And like, and then sometimes it's going to be like you being by yourself and just working on the project for for a long period of time. You know, just being by yourself and and not going to sleep that night. And I, I know there's like, like I don't, I don't know. I'm not saying don't like hustle every night. I think you should sleep eight hours. Um, but there's going to be that one time that it is required for you to stay up. Yep. And instead of saying, oh, man, you know what? If this project doesn't come out perfect, like I'll be fine. Instead of saying that, get yourself some bulletproof coffee from Organic Man. Yeah. And which, stay up. Shout out to Organic Man. Yeah. Not that they're sponsoring this episode or anything. It's just really good coffee. But they should sponsor this episode, by the way. Yeah. What's up, Organic Man? Holla at me. But Organic Man coffee. Dude, going back to like that first episode that we did, episode 10, that, that was one of those, kind of one of those nights where we like stayed up really late. Because if you remember, we did three episodes in that one night. Mm-hmm. We did the one just with just you. We did the one with uh, Pablo and uh, Roland. Yeah. And then we did the one with you and Oscar. And that mm-hmm. was the first time that Oscar was on the podcast, too. So it was. Oh, like, wow. I don't remember that. Yeah. That was. Uh, it's actually episode 10, I think, is your episode. Episode 9 is the one with uh, Pablo and uh, Roland, both of which, like, really great photographer, videographers. And uh, they're out there doing their thing now, real, real badass. Like, Fuck! I just yeah. saw Pablo at the beach and shit. Oh man, yeah. he's fucking crushing! I fucking love this. I yeah, love watching dude. his pose because it's you know he's cool. he's gotten so so good at like what he does. And so anyway, so it was like that one nine ten was yours, and I think eleven is the one with you and Oscar where we talk like a lot about uh, uh all the prior projects that Oscar's had up to that point, like with the like, happy uh happy guy clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just being like into art and then we got real deep into like spirituality on that one if I recall correctly so that was yeah pretty interesting pretty interesting episodes mm-hmm. but anyway so that night like we ended up what like finishing maybe like around two in the morning three in the morning yeah and we we're at the time before we had this space here we were in in fucking Oscar's garage which is still a badass space like yeah it fucking it's like it's cozy in there it's dope yeah but Definitely. uh it, dude it's been such a a whirlwind of events and I mean to a lesser degree for me, but again, to, if you weren't keeping up with with Jeff's like Instagram, that's mainly like, that's like your main, right? Instagram. Yeah, right now, well, there's uh, so I run Leaders Create Leaders, the show. Yeah. So I'm the behind the scenes guy on 
on the everything for leaders create leaders oh, okay, which is we have a bigger audience there um but where you can connect directly with me and you know i'm the one talking to you it's with my instagram digital jeff so make sure you guys give me a follow and uh send me a dm see what's up yeah but not a weird one just like a like hey yeah, I mean, nah, weird, weird <laughs> ones are cool too. Yeah, weird ones are funny. We'll we'll laugh about it on future episodes. Yeah, no but photos it, though. Don't send me no photos. Yeah, no photos, please. Unless they're like, hey, I took this picture and it's pretty cool. Oh yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, like, what do you think about my photo? Now I'll, I'll give you, a, I'll give you my real feedback. Real critique as a real yeah. critique as a photographer. From a lot of people might not know that like that was your initial background. Yeah, it's right? uh, and it was interesting because t- uh, career days tomorrow. My brother Ricky he teaches at LBJ High School here in Laredo, Texas. And he invited me for career day, and I'm, I was pre- preparing for my presentation to, um, yesterday, and I was like, what the fuck is my label? Like, I don't have a label for what I do. Like, yeah, I'm a filmmaker. I'm a creator. Executive but producer. I'm an, yeah, I'm an executive producer. I'm an entrepreneur. So I'm an activist. What, like, what am I? Like, if I had to say, I had to tell somebody, like, if you want to do what I do, what is what, what is it? <laughs> you can't do what I do, homie. Nah, I don't no, know. I mean, that's no. A, that's a good question. I, I, yeah, I had thought so, about it in that sense. So I don't know, man. Like, cause I, I really feel like a uh, with the show. Like, even though it's like we're film, we're filmmaking, we're creating uh this um these uh short documentaries. Um, we're also being activists at the same time. We're giving back to the community. We're um. You know, so and then we're opening up businesses that are somewhat related, correlated to our missions. Mm-hmm. So there's the entrepreneur space, like you you have to think like a businessman as well. Yeah. And then um just investing in different things. So it's like there's a whole circle of yeah, just of, of stuff. Of stuff yeah. happening simultaneously that I don't even know exactly what my label is. Like I had to tell you like what I do right now, like I mean like as, as a label I wouldn't be able to tell you. So Hopefully we can come come up with something by the end of the show, so you have something to say tomorrow. <laughs> well, manifester, right? I manifest this sh- shit out of things. I actually have a mantra that I wanted to share um, with everybody, and it's something that you guys should practice. When you wake up in the morning, um, obviously, I well, wake up in the morning, grab a glass of water, drink that water. When you finish drinking the water, put the put the glass down, right, and then say out loud. And it's better if you have a mirror in front of you. Look at yourself and say this. Everything I touch becomes gold. Say that. Every morning. I used to do that when I was in when I was in uh, when I was teaching. Yeah. I would say that every morning. And uh, I lost I lost touch of that mantra within the last like, you know, like two years or so. But lately these last uh, I would say these last twelve months I started doing it again. Not every day, but like frequently. And then sometimes I would say it throughout the day, like everything I, everything I touch becomes gold. And it's just saying that, not not to like uh, saying, like not in the literal sense, yeah. but like if I, if I come into your space and you're in a negative, let's say you're, in a, you're having a bad day and I come to your space, bro, like you're going to, that's it, like that negative space is just going to like exit, the ne- ne- negative energy is going to exit Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, what are like? I want to leave you in a positive, in that positive energy, man. And then that's gonna create something that's golden, you know. And then moving forward with any project that I work on, I think about it like that. Like I'm working on this project, gold. 
I'm working on this project, gold. gold. Yeah. I'm working on this video, gold. Like everything I touch becomes gold. And that's and 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 that's it's not being cocky, it's being positive. Positive. Yeah. And dude, when you say it like line. when you say it during that part of your because there's this part of the day when you first wake up where you still have a sleep. So your subconscious is still active. So if you say that during your subconscious, your subconscious believes it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I believe in that. So that's a little that's a little thing. I've been wanting to share that with people, but I just... Little keep, bits of gold. Yeah, I keep delaying it. Well, there you have it, people. That's a little bit of gold straight from Jeff's mouth. But uh, anyways, man, so... Again, going, I never got to the point when I, what I wanted to say, which was uh, <laughs> from that first interview or like episode that we did till now, like so much has happened and a lot more so in like the last, what, three months? You were in Iceland, you were in yeah. London, you were in uh, Egypt, right? You're, Cairo, Egypt, you're Amsterdam. All over the States, that's been happening for yeah. a while. Like, mm-hmm. Let's uh let's talk about a bit about Europe, dude. How was that? Was that your first time there ever? Um, it was actually my first time in yeah in Europe. Um, I uh, flew in into I was in New York, flew into London, and uh, it was actually interesting, bro, because it been it had been a while since I felt out of my comfort zone, and even though London, you know. Fluent in English. I'm fluent in English, obviously. And everybody speaks your language. You still felt, as an outsider, you still felt like you were there as a visitor. And, you know, it's... I mean, obviously, I'm Mexican. And I don't look white. Yeah. But people do notice right away whether you're white or not. People do know if you're American or or from there, you know. Yeah, so the accent right off the bat. Yeah, obviously, that's... a the main one but even if i don't talk to somebody like they know who's from there and who's not but it was a it was actually an amazing experience man i was in london for about i would say about a week about seven days maybe a little bit more a little bit less and uh we ended up staying at this old uh courthouse and it's one of the nicest hotels in in london it's called the london london county uh, marriott hotel and uh Recently, I mean, maybe within the last 20, 30 years, it was that 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 courthouse um, was bought out and turned into a hotel by Marriott, right? So Marriott hired me to go and like document this experience that people get when they go to this hotel, because when you get when you arrive to that hotel, it's um, it obviously has a lot of history. There's actual like paintings from you know, I mean I don't even know what year I can't remember the year now, but there's paintings from like a long ass time ago. <laughs> yeah, put it that way. And uh, there's like all these little things that you never you normally don't see when you go to a hotel because it was, it was a courthouse, right? Yeah. And uh, it's right in the heart of where the London Eye is. Have you heard? Of the, have you seen the London Eye? It's uh, this like huge. Uh, like uh, what's it called? Is it like this? The Ferris wheel. The Ferris wheel. Oh, okay, then yeah, I know. But what like you're it's about. like okay. exaggerated size. It's one of the biggest ones in the world. It's probably as big as the one in Vegas. So it's like literally the the London Eye is there, and right next to it is this hotel. So oh, if, shit. if you ever see a picture of the, if you look up the London Eye right now, you Google that, you're gonna be able to see a picture of the hotel. Damn, and that's crazy. It's just amazing, bro. It's a beautiful part of London. 
But there's also the parts of London right next to it where they're touristy because uh, Big Ben is there. Yeah. Big Ben is like a block away. And then everybody goes there to take a photo. Like everybody shows up, goes to that bridge and takes a photo. Actually, I took one. So I took a, I took one also. <laughs> but um, it also has these parts of of uh, London that have a lot of culture because there's a lot of when you cross that bridge into this part of London that's separated from like the poor people to the rich people, right? And through the throughout these different generations, slowly it's become. A little bit less uh, segregated. Segregated, and now there's more culture there in the sense that you can go there to these. I went, I, was, I, went, I went to these skate parks, skated, uh, fell out my ass a few times, and then I went to these other parts of like where they have like these, you know, these 24-hour restaurants, and um, it almost feels like Little Vegas or something like that. And then there's all these all these other parts where they have like uh, just food trucks and like I don't know, just a lot of culture in that area. So. Anyways, I got I got invited there, and I was able to spend the whole week there in this part of London. That's you know just amazing. My first time in London. Well, by, by the way, I gotta say that it's probably one of the most beautiful cities that I've been to, if not the most most beautiful. I'm For thinking, real, yeah. Just the the mixture of like the old architecture with these new. Um, I don't know, man. There's something about it. There's something about it, and um, yeah, that's my observation. Where'd you go after London? So after London, we actually had like a, um, let's say like a four or five day window. And we booked a, a flight, a one-way flight to Amsterdam. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I've never been to Amsterdam either. And that's been what I've always wanted to go to Amsterdam. Ever since I used to work at the airport, I used, I used to work for this airline. And I always wanted to go there. And when I quit the job, uh, when I quit... Uh, working there, I remember saying, like, fuck, I didn't get to go to Amsterdam. And uh, obviously, you hear the stories of, like, Red Light District. Have you heard of Have you? I mean, obviously, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm familiar. So Red Light District is kind of like, uh, what? how do you explain Red Light District? So, it's like a it's like a whole block, is it? Right? Well, right. yeah. Or is it more than one? No, it's more than the block. It's oh, like okay. A whole, well, it's a, it's a, a small district. part of the city. Yeah. It's like downtown Laredo. Okay. Well, all of that, like, there is uh, escorts or whatever on display in the windows. Both male yeah. and female, is that right? Or just females? There's there's females and there's... Um, predominantly females, I guess? There's predominantly females, yeah. but then there's an area where there's um, transvestites. Oh, okay. Right. Or transgenders or... Trans persons. Yeah. Yeah, that. So there's a whole section. And the way you define that is if there's a red light underneath the window... Oh, sorry, on top of the window, there's lights. It's either red or blue. But the majority of them are red. That's why it's called red light district. And in this window is going to be a girl that's like, you know, showing 80% or 90% of their body, all skin. And then like, you know, maybe like a nice um, lingerie or something. Lingerie. And they're they're kind of enticing your... Like, yo, pull up. Yeah, pull up. And and if it has a red light, that means it's a a real woman. And if it has a blue light, it's it's somebody that's a transgender. You know, so yeah. that's the way. If you're in the blue section, like differentiate. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, so that's gotta, crazy. Yeah, skin on display, like yo, <laughs> it's like, I don't know. That's pretty insane. Yeah, and I actually didn't go to Red Light District until the second, the second to last day that I was there. Like it was like, dude, I, we have to go to Red Light today because we're we're running out of days. And um, and obviously, like you, when you go to Amsterdam, you whether obviously, uh, I didn't take I didn't for for uh, what's it called for 
Partake. 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 There yeah. you go. I didn't partake in any of the activities that in red light, but um, you have to go see it. Sightseeing. It's part of the world, yeah. you know. And it's obviously like an eye opener to. Amsterdam was honestly like if I had to choose a place to live in Europe, it would be Amsterdam. No shit. Did you guys go to like any of the coffee shops where they oh, give dude. you like weed and shit? Yeah, we ended up obviously doing all the the brownies. I then the first time doing brownies. How's um, that? Oh my god, man. Were you like floored? Like, oh shit. Ah, <sighs> like just thinking about it right now gives me anxiety. <laughs> that altered consciousness. Yeah, I went into this uh went into this the first night that I was there, I was like, dude, I gotta go get a brownie. And I showed up at like it was like at nine, ten o'clock at night. I ended up missing my flight from London to to uh Amsterdam. I ended up having to buy a separate ticket. I forgot I forgot that part of the story. But um I ended up buying a separate ticket and uh, finally I got there and by the time I got there um, by the way, you can you can see, see all these IG stories on my travel. Uh, there's a travel section on my IG profile, yeah, Instagram profile, where it like just shows you these yeah. like little stories that happen where I missed my flight and like you know I ended up showing up late and then Gerard's waiting for me at the airport because we don't have we don't want to pay for it gets expensive like paying yeah, for yeah, Ubers for sure, and all dude. this taxis so he waited for me like three hours. Oh fuck! <laughs> yeah, so he was a good trooper. And um, anyway, so we end up showing the first night that I get there. I walk out of my hotel and uh, there's these three girls there sitting down, like regular, like just regular uh, people, like not, yeah, just not red light district, regular <laughs> people. And yeah. they're, they're probably stoned or something. And they, they stop me in the middle of the street and there's like nobody at this time. There's probably like at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night. There's nobody in this, this part of the, the town. And, and they stopped me in the middle of the street and they asked me, Hey, um, can we ask you a question? And I'm like, yeah, go for it. And it's like, can we, uh, can we have your underwear? It's these three girls <laughs> telling me this. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, and I was like, I'm not wearing any. That's, that's what I, that's, that was my response. I'm not wearing any. Like, and they started, they busted out laughing. Like, they just started laughing. They're like, what do you mean you don't have any? You don't? Oh my god, he doesn't wear underwear. They actually believed that I wasn't wearing underwear. But anyways, that was my first encounter with somebody from Amsterdam, and uh, that was funny. But then I, I ended up walking like one more, one or two more blocks, and. You know, I walked into an array of different coffee shops, you know, all these different, you literally, you walk in, it feels like you're walking into a restaurant or a coffee shop, but then there's like, you can choose what kind of weed you want or edibles or, or if you want some weed tea, weed tea, whatever. That's pretty legit, dude. Yeah, legit. Like it's cool. It's, and it's, it's like people are just respectful. Yeah. Like it's people a normal doing, thing. It's, it's a just normal whatever. thing. Yeah, it's it's no, nobody's trying to like. Like take advantage of you or anything like that. Not even in red light district. Like people were just having fun and like obviously see groups of guys and stuff like that. But anyways, I ended up having my first brownie that night and damn, I was floored. Like for fucking the next barbecued. Di- the next day and a half, I was just like, I didn't have to touch anything anymore. I was You're just, just like, like, whoa, yeah. And I'm you? just so you guys know, I'm I don't um I don't smoke weed. I haven't smoked um in a long time. Um, I've tried it a few times, uh, like Bill Clinton. I've inhaled. <laughs> I've inhaled. Yeah, but um, um, going back to that part of Amsterdam is like, or back back to the story of being in Amsterdam. It was just amazing to see how this city has a very low crime rate. When there's very, um, I, I don't think I ever saw a cop. The Damn. whole time I was there, I didn't see For a real? cop. Yeah, and um, interesting because. You would assume that there's because there's drugs available, there's a lot of party going on, that you would see more violence 
and more you know robberies but it's it seems like everybody's just the exact at opposite. peace and yeah. just having fun with it and um the other eye-opening thing obviously was that um being the the most eye-opening thing was like amsterdam red light district and you're walking down the streets of red light district and there's literally it's like you're at, you're at an outdoor mall and there's these little rooms where a girl's it's a full full size window and a girl's just dancing there like inviting you in like and it's normal like that yeah the, the uh, europeans well i guess like cuz their culture is a lot older too so they're probably they see sex in a different way it's like the oldest profession mm-hmm. i guess they're being a you know sex worker or whatever yeah so I, i'm pretty sure it has something to do with like america or uh, the united states being very like uh, like Christian, not that it's like the national religion or whatever, but like a lot of them are like very Christian or like yeah. Christian Catholic values and shit. Yeah, and so. obviously, like I wouldn't want that in my city. You wouldn't um, want a red light district? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> not at all. But I mean, it, it's it's there. And yeah, I got like, to. You know, at least at least I don't have an opinion on it yet. I mean, I don't. I'm not saying it's uh, right or wrong, but it exists. It's there, and it's yeah. like my perspective on it was like, wow, this is interesting. How just people are just okay with it and. You know, going back to like uncovering these paradigms or shifting the way you look at things. For sure, it's definitely a different. Yeah, I still, I'm though. still processing that experience itself. Like, <laughs> I mean, everything, everything that you encounter, like that you're going through right now, you really, you really can't make a proper like uh, evaluation evaluation yeah. until you be you're able to look back back on Just on the, it. Yeah. You know? So, so you say hindsight is twenty twenty. Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. Obviously, the, where'd you guys go after Amsterdam? Well, uh, I'll finish this with Amsterdam, and then we'll okay. move on to the next. The next one's special, and this happened. Well, let me just finish this uh, part of Amsterdam. So, on one of the last nights that I was there, um, and when you get to Amsterdam, the majority of people uh, ride bicycles. Like I'm talking about, ninety five percent of people are in bicycles. Oh shit! So you're just non-stop just you're looking at sidewalks full of like bicycle racks and with different locks and stuff like that people you know that's the way they that's the way they go all over the city and there's they're they're at a point right now where they actually want to get rid of any car coming into the city so let's say you have a car you're gonna have to park somewhere within a space around the city and then you're gonna have to you're gonna have to commute to the rest of the city on bicycle so there's like i don't say i mean if i had to give an estimate right now there's probably a million bikes damn in that you know that part of downtown the city so um anyway so i'm riding the bike everywhere and on the last night that i'm there i was at a bar i had a few drinks a little bit i wasn't tipsy or drunk or anything like that but i had a few drinks so yeah i'm adding this to the story just to be clear on it and i'm riding back to the hotel having fun gerard's in front of me and I have this other kid from Germany that flew in to film us uh, do our thing. And um, I'm riding my bike. We're going pretty fast. And all of a sudden, there's a part, there's a, a train that runs through the city, right? Like a subway, uh, but not a subway because it's on top. It's like, like a trolley or something? Like a trolley, yeah. yeah. So it's got these, it's got these tracks uh, that are within the street, so it goes through the middle of the street, right? Mm-hmm. And at, at a certain point, I hit one of those tracks, and my wheels of my bike just went under me, slipped, and I literally, like, probably like going like, I would say like 20 miles an hour, maybe, 15, 20 miles an hour, I slipped and landed on my elbow, chip, fractured my elbow, 
fractured my hip, uh, hairline fracture, but still. And um, that kind of like, I mean, it didn't ruin the trip by any means because I literally just, after a minute or two, like I had uh, probably like 20 people next to me trying to see if I was okay. <laughs> uh, luckily, I didn't hit my head. But um, yeah, you got you to gotta know how to ride a bike in Amsterdam, man. That's <laughs> Try what I'm not to you. eat shit over there. Yeah. And um, uh, I still have the bruise and I still have my, like it's like little, little nerve damage on my elbow so i'm still healing from that um but that that's the way my Amsterdam trip ended and um you know i was just grateful that nothing worse happened but it was uh it was an adventure for sure something i'll never there was a moment i'll never get you got a scar to remind you (laughs) by the way i did i do have a vlog coming out with all those adventures um as soon as season four for lco ends i'm gonna edit like probably like 10 videos that are all adventures that I had this last in 2018. Damn. So they're coming up early January, hopefully by my birthday, January 27th, I'll have all these videos up so you guys can go check them out and kind of join me on this adventure of, of life, man. So we ended up on our last night deciding that we needed to do something that we might never able be able to do again. And like we were like, me and Jar were like, okay, what do we do? What do we do? We had like four days or four or five days left before we had to be back in London. By the way, I didn't, I didn't mention this part, but like when we were in London, um, during our shoot, we, um, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll cut this close because I mean, I'll cut this short, but during our shoot, they actually double booked us with the World Cup FIFA awards. Oh, shit. Yeah. And all the top soccer players in the world were and staying in the same hotel that I'm staying in. What? Yeah. So what ended up happening is some of the shoot, some of the shots that we needed from, from the hotel, we weren't able to get them because they had they were like on high alert. They had like probably like twenty people dressed like in bodyguards and shit. Yeah. yeah. And they're obviously for the security of these players, like nobody was posting where they were at. And dude, like being a f- soccer player in in Europe is crazy. Is like you're like like just imagine just twenty Justin Bieber's here in Laredo, Texas. Like, Damn. You know. People just like, ah, fuck, losing their shit. Yeah, so, so anyways, they were like not allowing us to film. Not you couldn't even pull out your phone sometimes. Like little things like so. So we ended up having to. That's the reason we ended up going to Amsterdam, and we had a few more days um, to where we could do something else before we had to go back to London. Okay, so that leads me to my last day in Amsterdam. We're there, and we're like, dude, like, are we gonna book another night for a hotel here? What do we do? Like, and me and Gerard were like, dude, let's do something we've never done before, and like something that we might never be able to do again. And I was like, dude, I've been literally manifesting this moment for a freaking long ass time. Let's go to Iceland. And Gerard was like, dude, I've been wanting to go to Iceland, this and that. Like he's like went off on on how he's been thinking about Iceland a lot. And I was like, dude, let me check the flights. We ended up finding up we ended up we ended up uh finding flights for $112 each. Damn. Yeah. One way one way flights, right? But we booked a one way flight, 112 bucks. Actually, no, it was a round trip. It was a round trip for 112 bucks each. And the round trip was from Iceland coming back to London. So we left Amsterdam. Um, what time was it? I think it was like late. Oh, it was, we left, um, damn, I can't even remember now. When we left Amsterdam and we flew into Iceland and uh, do like a dream come true, bro. Like I've always wanted to go to Iceland since I can remember, like, seen movies that were 
filmed shot there. Yeah. Shot there. It was just like, dude, what what is this? Like, is this real? And and that that's literally the way you feel when you land there, man. Like, um, there's very few trees, so everything that grows there is growing on top of lava rock. Um, and it's got all these different structures. It kind of looks like Lord of the Rings, like these. I don't know, man. You just gotta. Well, you gotta first of all go to my Instagram and check out the photos. <laughs> but um, just look up Iceland, man. It has some of the nicest waterfalls in the world. Some glaciers. It has like these um, these landscapes that you'll never see. You'll never be able to imagine that they're created by nature, and um, we were able to experience that um, for four days. The first night that we were there, probably the most magical night of my life, or at least one of them. Uh, when I say magical, like you actually see magic happen, and what I mean by that is like we were driving back from our one of our destinations, and and um, I'm looking outside the window, and I already know I already know about the Northern Lights, but I had never you see them in photos, you see them in videos, yeah, but when you see them in person appear on you, it's literally like seeing magic, like a magician just do its do its work, so. I yell out to the, we were like four or five people in the van. By the way, other other guys, other people joined us for this trip. Um, shout out to my friend uh, Norbert. He's in Canada right now. Or actually, he's in South, no, he's in South Africa right now. And my friend Cameron joined us for this trip. And um, Hamza, this other kid, Hamza joined us. He's from Westchester in London. No, I mean, sorry, England. Westchester, England. So we were about five, six people in the truck. And I yell out like, uh, I forgot how exactly what I yelled out, but pretty much yelled ex- in excitement that for them everybody to look to to the top right, yeah. and the northern lights had just appeared. So we pull out to the side of the road, and then all of a sudden, just cars start start doing the same thing we're doing, and everybody's pulling out to the side of the road and just just walking outside in this like negative uh, ten degree weather, oh, observing the the northern lights, man. And probably it's just like I said, ma- magical. So. That was like something that I never thought I'd be able to do, especially going back to like uh, earlier when I was saying, you know, when you, when you, uh, when you kind of want to manifest things, sometimes you don't know exactly what you're manifesting. It's normally going to be a lot bigger than you anticipated, and um, yeah, man. So that was that's kind of what happened there. And then uh, what the cool thing about Iceland is that. There's this whole belief on elves. People believe in elves. Like if you ask two people in Iceland if they believe in elves, one of them's gonna say yes, and the other one's gonna say no. Like fifty fifty percent across the board. Damn. Like and the, fairies and like elves and shit, like that type of mostly mostly elves from what I know. But there's this part of uh, Iceland that has like um, you go there and it's right by the it's right by the ocean, and um, it's in the south. It's in the southeast, sorry, wait, southeast of Iceland. And uh, it's got all these rocks that are kind of, st- it almost looked like somebody stacked them up together, but they're naturally like that, right? And each rock is supposed to be an elf. When you look at the rock, obviously it's a rock, but as soon as you turn your eye, it becomes an elf. And they work on, they work on, or like a duende, right? Yeah, that's they have the, the same thing, It's right? their own frequency that they work, they live in. And there's been testimonials, like even by the prime minister of um, of Iceland or president, I don't know what he is. He said that a few years ago, and you can look this up. There's a story on it online. There's a full article on it. 
when they interviewed him. But he was driving down one of the roads there, and obviously it's it's snowing half of the year. It's snowing; the other half is like summer. But he's driving on this snowy, icy road, and he goes off road. And as soon as he goes off road, he's like, "Dude, I'm stranded here. Like, what am I gonna do?" Like, um, a family of elves literally comes to his aid, pushes his car back onto the road. He waves by at them. They take off. And he continues his journey. What the fuck? That's crazy. Yeah. So um, it's just a magical... And you feel that... Once you get there, you feel the energy. It's like no other place in the world. No other place in the world feels the way Iceland feels. And um, so for me, you know, being a spiritual, um, conscious person, uh, I was in tune with the elves there and I was in tune with these other energies and... Um, I understood that there is something larger than we can see as humans. And I always known this, obviously, but in the sense that there's other uh, humanoids living within us. We just can't see them, at least um, not 100% of the time. Yeah, You can probably see them, like, I would say out of a million people, like two or three people, I will be able to see them because they're forced to, if they're good elves, they're going to they're gonna help you out. Uh, and you know what's interesting there's actual there's actually a law in Iceland that doesn't allow for certain parts of the certain parts of Iceland cannot um think you can't go there you, no you can go there oh, okay um at your own risk obviously because it's a lot of it hasn't been um a lot of it's still native you can't like nobody's actually gone there gone there yeah but um they can act, they they actually can't build roads build roads or build buildings and you know, there's laws that you cannot build roads here because there's elves that live here. Like, that's the actual... What the fuck? Yeah. That's, like, the law. That's the law. Yeah. It's, it's, it's black and white. And uh, the other cool thing about it is that there's actually this... There's actually this road that all of a sudden ends at a rock. And the reason that it ends at that rock is because when they were constructing this road, they were going to demolish this rock so they can continue building this this road. And every time they were going to demolish it, something else would happen. Like, I don't know, like things were happening. All these signs back to back to back to back led to the government saying, you know what? There's an there's elves that live there and we're going to discontinue the production of this road. So that road's going to officially end there. Damn. <laughs> did you did you like go down that road or no? No, I didn't. But I uh, obviously did the research. Due to Iceland, you need... If you guys ever travel to Iceland, and I only know one other person from Laredo that's gone there, his name is, um, I don't know, have you had him on the show, Pepe from Zero Photography? No, no, I haven't had him Okay, yet. so you should have him on the show. He'll probably tell you some stories on Iceland, because he was there longer than I was. I think he was there for about nine, nine, ten days or something like that. But um, um, you should see his pictures as well. Check out check out his pictures on Iceland. There's amazing landscapes. He's more of a landscape photographer. That So he was able to spend time on capturing these beautiful landscapes of of Iceland and um anyway so you if you ever go to Iceland try to spend two weeks there because I think that's ample enough time for you to experience a different um the different just the yeah different of it or yeah whatever I think we went there for four days and it felt like we were there for like uh half a day <laughs> you know it just it just it just flew by um 
Yeah, man. So, and obviously save your money because I, Iceland is the most expensive place I've been to. <laughs> For real? Yeah, like ridiculous. Like a sandwich is like fourteen, fifteen dollars. I'm like, damn. I guess because it's so remote, right? Like, is yeah. I mean, why? Or they have their own like currency, and when you exchange it, it's just like your dollar's worth nothing, man. Fuck. Yeah. That sucks. Well, at least compared to what they're charging you. you yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. There's other. There's other. But I mean, I, I can go on talking about Iceland forever. Um, but it leads me to this though. One of my favorite creators this last uh, two years, his name is Jordan Taylor Wright, and Jordan Taylor Wright has a. Um, he actually came out on Leaders Create Leaders. We interviewed him, and um, he's never been to Iceland, and I've always wanted to work with him just because he's so good at what he does, like, um, in the sa- cinematic sense, technical sense. And just his way of st- t- uh, telling stories through either through music videos or through he's done a lot of music videos for like the Chainsmokers or Justin Bieber. He's worked with a lot of you know celebrity um, artists, got, got billions yeah. of views and yeah. got in awards for for his music videos and stuff like that. But long story short is that um, I um, I got called from him. He called me about I'll say about ten days ago. And um, he's like, hey, Jeff, like, I want to talk to you because I have a project going on in Iceland. Uh, it's in the latter part of December, December 26th to the 31st. And uh, I want to see if you're interested in helping me become the, um, the director of photography for this project. And I was like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Like, what the fuck? Like, you got to be fucking, like, I've been wanting to work with this guy for, you know, at least about a year and a half now. And this guy calls me to hire me to do something that he's better at me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah. But it's his project. It's, I think we're going to film like a short film. I still don't have the specs on the entire project, but I'm going to go to Iceland again in uh, oh, shit. about 15 days. So dude, That's fucking crazy. Yeah, crazy. Hope you're there long enough to go down that crazy road with the yeah. rock. Well, I'm going to be there from because it falls right before New Year's. Yeah, I'm flying. Oh, you're flying back New Year's Eve, right? I'm flying back on New Year's. I'm gonna be l- arriving to Laredo on the 31st, if God willing, and uh, I'll be able to celebrate New Year's Eve with my family, which is you no, know, that's the priority. So I wish I could stay there longer. Fuck. Yeah, I that's might true. still be able to witness that, but I'm not saying that I'll go out of my way if I. Yeah, I mean, there's work to be done and yeah. everything. Right? But the, by the way, like that's just one story that I'm telling. That like, dude, there's so many like you guys. This little island is so interesting, and at any given day, there's about the actual island. I, uh, the whole, the entire population of Iceland is only about two hundred and fifty thousand people, which is probably like this population of Laredo, Texas. Yeah, more or less. But the actual space itself, like the actual land, is probably like I don't know, say maybe half the size of Texas. So think about think about it in those terms, like yeah, like well, the majority of the of the, the country. Yeah. Is not populated, and there's just like wilderness and wilderness, and there's nonstop. So you can, you can spend there like a whole year just going to all these different places. That's crazy. Yeah. Where did you guys go after Iceland? Well, you went back to London, right, to finish up. <sighs> yeah, we ended up finished. We went back to London, finished that London shoot. We actually only had like a day to film, uh, finish filming, so we ended up having to um, um, execute. <laughs> you know, pull all nighters or whatever yeah. that was. And then I flew back to after London. I think I came back to Laredo. I'm not sure again. Yeah, I think I want to say I came back to Laredo. I'll say one more thing. When I was in London, 
we met up with um, this artist that I want you guys to go check out. His name is Bradley Theodore. And um, he's um, he's one of those artists that recently partnered up with Puma. He's doing his own shoe collection and whole apparel collection. But he has this unique style of of uh, painting. Obviously, any, most artists have their own unique style, right? But this person specifically, um, he didn't start painting until he was like older. And it goes to show that this guy's in the top um, galleries now. I think I think the name of the gallery they went to is Maddox Gallery, and uh, his paintings are going for you know up, upwards to half a million, a million dollars for painting. Damn, that's yeah. fucking wild. Yeah, ridiculous. But um, his story is very very interesting because he didn't start painting till he lost everything. Like, he was at that point in his life where he almost, like, wanted to commit suicide. He had lost all his money through, he was a, he was a trader in New York City, trading, you know, stocks and stuff like that. And eventually went from making a lot of money to not having any money at all. Locked himself in the room for about six months to a year. And his calling was painting, like painting, doing paintings. And that's what he did. Started painting, and now he's, like, in the top galleries all across the world. So I ended up meeting him. He's one of the people that I that I met in London that stood out for me. Um, another person, I actually didn't get to hang out with him, but um, he was within our circle. We're shooting a video with him. We actually shot a video, which I didn't get to shoot. Uh, it was probably because I was still in that brownie face. <laughs> uh, in Amsterdam, we met this gentleman. You guys might know him. Uh, his name is Jason Silva. And uh, he has a show called Shots of All. I don't know, or Brain Games on... National Geo, I think. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. You know who the I, host? I know who you're talking about, yeah, yeah. The host, yeah. He has, a, he has that one, and he has another one called Origins, on, I think on National Geo also. He was very interesting. He was the one that kind of uh, opened my eyes to, like, the possibilities of living in Amsterdam, and, because he, he lives there now. And then I met this other guy named um, uh, Matt, Matthies, and he has a company called, well, he has a lot of different companies, but um, he lives on a boat in Amsterdam. Like a boathouse type of thing? Like a boathouse, yeah. The fuck? Yeah, and I got to go into his boathouse and have some Heineken beers on, this, on the top deck and get to meet his kids. Well, he had one of his kids there. No, actually, two of his kids there. And uh, just he's a leader in the space in the sense of uh, technology. He's one of the first... Like before there was Instagram, there was this website called Moby. Wait, let me see if I'm correct. Uh, I'm looking it up right now, but he had this website was like one of the first ones before Flickr, um, before. Um, oh, he doesn't have it in his profile. Yeah, it's called Moby Picture. So before there was Instagram, before there was Flickr, before there was any of these uh, social media sites that you can share photos with other people, there was Moby Picture, and I had an account with Moby Picture because I've been doing photography for for ages. But um, he was one of the leaders in the space, and that's how he made his first chunk of change. Yeah. And since then, he's been investing in different companies. Now he's got a huge portfolio, but he's, he believes that the future um, is, um, like, if you want to go all in on something, it should be something along the lines of virtual reality or something along those lines. Like, he had his kids playing in... Um, with a headset on and like having the sensors around them. Damn. Yeah, dude, it's just the in, inside Oculus the boathouse. Yeah. yeah. 
So I got to see that. I got to meet him. Who else did I meet? And I like to... Oh, obviously, I met Ronaldinho. Oh, yeah. That's I true. met Ronaldinho. I Wait, I didn't take a picture with Ronaldinho, did I? Did you? Did oh, no, no. Oh, I, it was Ronaldo, right? No, no. Uh, I didn't get to meet Ronaldo, but I met Roberto Carlos. Oh, yeah. There you go. There you go. And yeah. I took a picture with Roberto Carlos. He was the only one that was like... He was kind of like... As I was exiting, he was entering the building. So I was able to sneak out my phone and be like, hey, like, like yeah, let's do it quick in Spanish, right? I took the photo, shook his hand. We spoke about, I don't know, we'll say about a minute at the most. Uh, just a real cool guy, man. So, yeah. And then um, who else did I meet? I'm trying to think of all the people. Because I, I like sharing these stories of people that I've met because um, each one opens up a new. Everyone that doesn't know who Roberto Carlos is, he uh, played a defender for Brazil up until 2002, right? Yeah. Yeah, that was his last World Cup with Brazil. And when they beat Germany, he uh, scored a crazy-ass goal against Japan, I think, in, like, 98 or 94. Yeah, it was in uh, 98 against France, I believe. Against France? Oh, shit, okay. Yeah. I thought it was versus Japan for some reason. If you look up the goal against France... It's fucking it's crazy. A, it's ridiculous. Just put just Google, YouTube Roberto Carlos free kick. Yeah, and you're, you're going to be like, what the fuck? I didn't know a ball yeah. could do that. Actually, there's so, there's so many gifs on that free kick. Yep. So it looks crazy. Yeah, so I got to meet them. Who else did I meet that was like, I don't know. I, I actually have a list of people that I've met. Uh, and I that's the name of the list, the people I've met. <laughs> and I'll write down their name and then like a quote that they told me that night. And uh, hopefully one day I'll be able to do like a uh, either a coffee table book or some type of book where it shares these stories in yeah. a book format. Yeah. But I got like five minutes Damn. Oh, well, let's end with, uh, oh, I guess we could save. Give me a second. I might have more time. Hold on. Um, so go for it. I was going to say, I guess we now. can save uh, the uh, all of the leaders. I wanted to talk about Leaders Create Leaders and like what's like this past season that ended and then what was coming next. Oh, man. So this dude, um, yeah, I'll touch on it real quick. I do have five minutes because I have actually a, as part of my job is to keep in communication with different um, people because even though I'm working right now out of Laredo, like at this moment, I still have to make sure that things get done. So yeah. all our, our complete team is now Nomad. So we don't have an official office anymore. Everybody's kind of lives, works out of their house or wherever, coffee shop, whatever. And we get into these meetings three, four times a week where, you know, on a Zoom call, and we get to catch up on projects and stuff like that. So I have I have a meeting in four minutes. So I'm sorry about cutting this short. Oh, that's okay. No worries. Um, but anyways, I'll touch about I'll touch on leaders, create leaders, and we can probably do if um, we can probably do another episode on this because I think it's worth it's worth people listening to um, and sharing with the world. Like it's crazy. This season was called Conscious Creators, and we're at the we're right now at the end of season four. And when we fin when we filmed episode ten with Aliens on the Border. We were about to start filming episode. I mean, we were about to start filming season four. Yeah, I think so. I think I think that's where we're at. And conscious creator is now conscious creator has now become like uh, kind of like a movement, man. Like even yesterday, Gerard was in Miami and he posted on his Instagram like an hour before. He's like, "Hey, in as like let's say it's five thirty p.m. He's like at six thirty, I'm gonna have a meetup." here in this hotel in Miami 
and a um, hundred people showed up, man. All wearing, some of them were wearing their merch. Um, some of them were wearing like just people supporting the movement. You know, this whole conscious creator movement. So we really like. I think we hit it on the. Um, by the way, we didn't talk about Egypt, right? No, we didn't. I was gonna say let's save that one for for. All right, cool. So that's yeah. dude. Egypt was wow. I mean, we'll get into that. But anyway, so conscious creator has now become like. Leaders Create Leaders Conscious Creator Season 4 has now become like a staple in the way people perceive um, the state of our, the state of the union. Like, it's like, a, I don't even know how to how to word it, but like... Like the global consciousness? Global consciousness and yeah. what's, what's really happening, what's um, like the fact that from the side of like, yeah, believing yourself, manifesting and do, going out there and going for your dreams, but also like what dreams are you pursuing? What goals are you pursuing? Like, wake up to and like, what end? Yeah, yeah. Like, why do you want to have that six pack, or why do you want to have that million dollar uh, mansion, or have a? Why do you want to have a million dollars in your bank account right now? You know why? What's what's you know? So, we tackled those questions of not just being successful, but like being conscious of like what you're creating and leaving behind this world. And I'll leave you guys with this um, season four. As we're coming to an end right now, um, we're about to drop next. Tomorrow will be the last episode. Um, How many episodes are in the season? 16 per, 16? per season. Okay. We might do 17, by the way. But okay. we do 16 and then we do a season finale wrap-up, which is just a monologue with Gerard speaking about you know, his the, thoughts on yeah, everything. the whole experience. Yeah. But official episodes are 16. And um, I'll wrap it up with this. It's like... Oh, uh, man, I lost my train of thought there. Uh, what was I going to say? Mm. This, that's what, you see, that's what happens when you start thinking about the future. Yeah. I'm thinking about my meeting in two minutes. I can be late to it. They're fine. But, um, yeah, we're wrapping it up. And, oh, man, I, I forgot what I was going to say. Fuck. So we were saying that uh, season four was, like, conscious creators talking about what they're leaving behind in the world, like why. Okay, so yeah. perfect. Okay, I got it. So um, it meant, it It actually like made me question what I was doing with Leaders Create Leaders and like why I was doing it. Yeah, of course, there's a monetary side of things, but in reality, like we don't get paid up front to do, to do any of these episodes. And sometimes we'll, we'll spend like five, ten thousand dollars $10,000 on one episode. Like literally fly an entire team, go produce this, out of our own pocket, right? And spend time promoting it, spend time marketing the episodes, spend time producing it, editing, paying editors, and I do some. Sometimes I do I do ninety percent of the editing sometimes, just because you know because of our budget. So we're sometimes we're doing it without uh, just. And I want I want I want this to be clear, obviously, because it's very important to what I'm about to say. Like, we don't get paid directly to do these episodes. And we're not doing it for the money either. Since day one, since we started, we wanted to create something that can be kind of like a time capsule to where future future generations can come back to this part, this series, and see like what was it that people were wearing to what was the message that was happening. What were like it's like a library. This this is like literally is, is a library. This is a is a library that has um, stories, like the way Don, Qu Don Quixote would tell stories. You know the stories of Don Quixote, or the way Shakespeare wrote all these 
uh, wrote his literature and made you know wrote his books or whatever. Like Leaders Credit is that for me that I'm leaving behind for other people to come and see like what exactly it is uh, that people were talking about, what was important, what was not important, what were like uh, just like you know it's a it's a it's a timestamp, it's a time capsule that we're leaving behind. So I'm very proud of that. Yeah, so check it out, guys. Check it out. It's uh, Leaders Create Leaders Season 4. Last episode coming out tomorrow, right? Thursday? Yeah, Thursday tomorrow. So, yeah, this will be up by tonight. So you should hear this the same day, which is Wednesday yeah. right now. Not unless you listen to it later. Yeah, but, well, in that case, in the episode will probably already be out. Yeah, and December 13th, the last episode. On that note, uh, check that shit out. And then, I guess, to let us know what your favorite episode was from Season 4. Um... Man, that's a hard one. I think I'm gonna be biased with this one because I'm a creator. I think. Well, there's. I'll name a few. I think if you if you have to like just watch if you had to just watch one episode, I want you to watch episode 15. Um, his the episode is with Kirby, John Raymond. He's a fashion designer. Has a company called Pierre Moss. And um, it's a long episode, but it's worth the watch. Um, watch that one. His story is he grew up in Bushwick. Um, you know, no opportunities. And he ended up becoming, now he's a top designer. He's like next to Virgil Abloh. You know, um, Anna Winter just gave him an award last week on the top being a top designer of 2018. Um, so that happened after the interview, after the episode. So that's pretty cool to see. The other episode I want you guys to check out is the one... I mean, I want you guys to check out all of them, but yeah. these are the ones that if you only have time for these, like, it's cool. I, I understand. You're busy. Watch the one. I think it's episode 14 with John Henry because he was a bellboy. He became from he became a bellboy to now owning the building. Yeah. That same building where he was a bellboy? Damn. Not the same one. But, like... Yeah, okay. Yeah. Well... On, give me a second. Uh, do we have to wrap up? We can wrap up. It's not good. Yeah, give me one second. Let me just finish this. But everyone listening, go check out the latest season yeah. and comment which one is your favorite episode. Or if you checked out the ones that we just named, then which one did you like better? Yeah. And also, the, there's a few other ones with um, videographers, with cinematographers, Rory Kramer and Matt Como, which are also cool, like in the aspect of your creator. Like, yeah. Check those out as well. You can get merch, too, for Leaders Create Leaders at leaderscreateleaders.com. Boom, check that shit out. Yeah. We can wrap up now. It's good. All right, cool. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thanks for tuning in again. Also, make sure you check out our merch for Aliens on the Border at aotbstore.bigcartel.com. And um, I don't know what I'm going to play at the end of this episode. I'm going to keep it short and just fucking play the intro for the podcast as the outro for the podcast today. We're doing shit a little bit different. Anyways, um, there's a lot of shit going on with behind the scenes with us here. Uh, Roger's been busy. He actually had a spot in Corpus, a uh, comedy spot last night. Uh, once he comes back, I think he's already back in town actually, but once we get another episode done, uh, he'll check back in and see how that went. Uh, I know Roger's kind of been MIA on the last couple of episodes. He's been busy with shit, so that's all good. But anyway, there's a couple of changes coming through. Uh, for aliens on the border so uh, if we like fall behind on the on the weekly drops on Wednesdays and Fridays just bear with us stay uh, stay tuned check us out on Instagram at AOTV underscore cast 
Twitter, AOTB.cast. And uh, you can always just keep in contact with us at AOTB.cast at gmail.com. Also, aliensontheborder.com is coming soon to you. We're working to get that finished. You can probably already go, but it's like kind of shitty, so don't go and make fun of it just yet. And as always, guys, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, here's the song that was supposed to be the intro, but I'm going to play it as the outro. Peace out, aliens. I'll catch you later.